All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, where they've got a brand new shirt out for your purchasing enjoyment. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, joining me tonight is Mr. Ben Anderson, and we will take a look at uh, the Steelers' 17-7 win over the Kansas City Chiefs in preseason week two. Talk a little bit about the injuries and the way the roster's shaping up. Look a little bit ahead to the week three uh, dress rehearsal game uh, that so many teams uh, uh, use week three as, and uh, probably a whole lot more along the way. So again, thanks for tuning in uh, wherever you are. Give us a good review, will you please? Uh, and if you do, let me know and I'll send you things. Uh, ben, how's it going uh, for you tonight? It's going just fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's an unusual week because the, the Steelers played Saturday um, and they don't play again until Sunday night. And uh, there, there really hasn't been a whole lot of information. You know, part of it is because uh, we, we can't get anybody to be able to see practice now that training camp has broken and and uh, they're, they're back at the south side practice facility and everything else. So, um yeah, it's it's hard to glean as much uh, information as uh, before, but uh, just uh, your overall impressions of what you saw last Saturday in Pittsburgh uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, it started out a little sloppy. Uh, yes. You know, it wasn't great initially. I think both teams started out a little sloppy, frankly, and I, I thought that was why uh, Patrick Mahomes played longer than I expected him mm-hmm. to initially play. Uh, but overall, you know, it was pretty good. Um, not quite where we want to be yet. You know, not quite ready mm-hmm. for prime time, but getting yeah. there. Getting there. You know, making making yeah. progress. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the team plays in prime time this week, so they're not going to have any uh, opportunities to wait around much longer. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree 100% on the sloppy part. Um, drop balls, fumbles, uh, just just overall sloppy play. And, again, this was the team's first game coming off of uh, the, the sudden and, and really tragic passing of wide receivers coach Daryl Drake. And, um you know, I, I think Mike Tomlin, and rightfully so, he he later uh, post game praised the team for its focus, and I think you could kind of see that focus come in as the game wore on. Um, I didn't see quite as many of uh, the the little boo boos and mistakes and stuff as we saw early on, and um, you know, and certainly the the Chiefs, uh, your opponent always has something to do with that. But you know, I guess if I'm a Chiefs fan, I've probably got some some questions about you know the way they they executed and stuff as well. So. Um, yeah, you know, so let, let's talk about the quarterbacks, uh, real quick. Obviously Ben didn't play again. Uh, we, we do, uh, understand. And again, Tomlin hasn't said much this week, but it sounds like, you know, he is going to dress and play. We just don't know how much yet. Um, where are you with, uh, the, the, the Dobbs Rudolph debate, uh, after two weeks now? Uh, I still think Rudolph's outplayed Dobbs and that's not to say that Dobbs is terrible, right? by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I just think Rudolph's been better, you know, and, and Mike Tomlin to, to the point that he made about there not being any separation in, in that competition. I, I think that as fans, we tend to overreact to the things that Mike Tomlin says and doesn't yeah. say when he's speaking to the media. Tomlin 
does a lot of things to get into players' heads. And mm-hmm. I took that as Mike telling both those guys to step up their games, to to really bring as much as they possibly can to this because it's not over with yet. And, you know, I, I left it at that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought a lot of people kind of overreacted to it and were like, ah, what are you talking about? Rah, rah. I was like, God. <laughs> God. Well, just, I, yeah, I, I think in general, we have this tendency to go straight to the box score and we look at the stats and we think, oh, well, geez, he must have played this way and he must have played that way. And, you know, you and I have been doing this long enough to know that you also have to take a look at the tape because you, you don't know how many beautifully thrown balls ended up being completely dropped. You don't know or, how many or big, how many poorly thrown balls ended up being caught uh, by a good receiver who made an adjustment yep. on a bad pass. Absolutely. Both things, both things happen. And the other thing you got to take into consideration is when a quarterback makes a bad decision mm-hmm. and throws some, the ball someplace that he shouldn't be throwing it, and you still complete the pass. Yeah, that happens no. too. Yep. So the stats don't tell the whole story. No, no, and that and that's exactly right. And and I'm with you. I I have, um, I have uh, Dobbs trailing Rudolph right now for for that backup job. And um, I I still am not a hundred percent sure Devlin Hodges has done enough to put any pressure on who whomever the third guy is going to be. Um, I don't think. I, and I'm I like him. Cut you off you know, like mid sentence yeah, there. Yeah. I don't think he's going to Mark. I I, I don't think that he's going to be able to outplay either one of those guys. The question is yeah. whether or not they see enough in Hodges that they go, well, we've got four mm-hmm, quarterbacks mm-hmm. who are competent to be NFL quarterbacks. You know, we, we've got yeah. a, a starter, we've got a backup, and we've got a, a developmental third teamer in this guy Hodges. Do we keep Hodges and trade away one of our other backups to try and get right. something in value? And that's the only question. I don't ex- honestly don't expect to see it happen, but that's where it comes into play. It's not going to be a question of Devlin Hodges beats out Josh Dobbs or Devlin Hodges beats out Mason Rudolph. Uh-huh. It's is Hodges good enough to be an NFL third team quarterback? Well, and, and as you know, if you're playing your third team NFL quarterback, you're you're not going to be winning games um, no. in, in most cases. Um, I my only concern with him is I I've seen enough of him that that I do like him. I think he's got some skills. I think he's got some abilities. Um, I would just be worried to stick him on a practice squad. I don't know how long he would stay there. Of course, if another team does pick him up, they have to put him on the active roster for the rest of the year, which again that you know may or may not happen but uh um, i don't see him i don't see him getting put on the practice squad if he gets cut they're not going to keep a fourth quarterback okay. they don't have enough reps to do that and well that's true once you get into the season and in practice yeah the reps go way down you don't have enough reps and and frankly teams look at developmental squads practice squads taxi yeah. squads whatever you want to call them um as additional depth and you don't need a fourth quarterback for depth you, you just don't need that. You only got right. 10 spots, so you're going to keep a couple defensive linemen and maybe you keep an extra safety because, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're only going to have like four of those. Offensive and linemen. you keep some offensive linemen yeah. because you want to develop those guys and you, you keep that, that pipeline full like they do every year. Um, you know, 
So you look at those those positions where you want to have developmental players in the system learning from your coaches, and those are the guys you keep around. You don't keep around a guy like Devlin Hodges to be your fourth quarterback. I fear that what's going to happen is Tomlin and, and whomever else has some loyalty to, to, let's say, Dobbs at that third spot, and, and they get rid of Hodges. And, and I, oh, man, I just I think he's got – and I know it's a bad word, but I think he's got potential. And uh, I, I, you know, we'll 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 see where it goes. It, it, you know, it's here nor there right now. But uh, we we still have two preseason games left to go. So I mean, um, we're we're not talking about giving away Johnny Unitas here. I uh, I'm not. I, I don't I don't think so. No, no. I'm not really I, sweating it. If he's got some potential, yeah, it's to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. It's not like he's mm-hmm. he's going to be a franchise player, and the Steelers are letting him walk. So I'm not oh, really no, going to sweat it. I, I I hope that if he does get cut by the Steelers, that he catches on someplace else and that he continues yeah. to play because he's he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, and, and if it is if that does happen, I hope it's a team not in the AFC. No, I'm kidding. I I, I look, I think the kid's got some talent. No, he's not Johnny U, but uh Hey um, it, it I, wouldn't I, be beneath the Baltimore Ravens to sign the kid. You oh hell no, it wouldn't. I, in fact I can already see it happening now that you mention it. God uh yeah anyway um defensively uh and this will kind of tie in with our injury talk here uh Vince Williams did not even dress up for the game uh Devin Bush was in uniform but did not play um we understand Bush has a bit of a shoulder thing it's not thought to be overly serious we'll we'll see how serious depending on what his uh, availability as as coach Tomlin likes to call it is on uh, Sunday night uh, it, we have not heard anything about Vince Williams. Uh, now again, they don't really have to say anything, but, uh, have you heard anything regarding this? Nothing. And I've tried. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he's injured. He's out. That's right. all we're getting. He's, uh, he's injured right now and that's it. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, and a lot of people tune into the game. Um, of course, it was delayed about an hour for for the weather, but you know, they tune in and they look at the defense and they see Mark Barron out there with dirty red, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" You know, and uh, yeah, you know, natural reaction. But um, yeah, that, that's an, an interesting one. And then, and then the other interesting one we were talking about before we started recording was was Sutton Smith the the rookie that, that everybody's so excited about. He hasn't played now in the first two games. Uh, and, and Ben, didn't he make some kind of joke about what his injury has been? Didn't Obviously didn't disclose it, but kind of made a crack about it or something? Yeah, he just basically was like, you know, he was kind of laughing about the fact that the guys were giving him a hard time. He missed 17 days. Yeah. Now that's, that's 17 days consecutive, not 17 practices. But he missed 17 days of activity. Uh, and that's a long time when you're trying to make an NFL squad. It really puts him behind the eight ball. He he didn't play in the first game, didn't play in the second. It sounds like he's going to play in this game. And he just kind of, you know, he just kind of laughed about it and was like, you know, it's fine. They're kind of making fun of me. Not a big deal. But what I had was serious. He won't mm-hmm. go into detail about what it was, and I don't think he's allowed to. Um, But, uh, you know. Apparently, it was a significant injury, and he he feels lucky to be back participating again at this point. 
Yeah, yeah, and and so all you can do is speculate, and um, and and I'm not going to do that because I mean it could be any number of things, but um, yeah, like you said, definitely behind the eight ball, he's going to have to uh, um, play catch up, and you know he is practicing, so hopefully that means we'll see him in some action uh, this this coming weekend uh, down in in Tennessee. Uh, again, everybody, you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by. 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, and you can get your Ben Roethlisberger-themed quarter Banksy t-shirt. you got to check it out to see what I'm talking about um, at the the site. And uh, right now, eight bucks from every shirt sold goes to uh, Jeremiah's place there in Pittsburgh. So please consider doing it. It's a great, comfortable t-shirt, and uh, people will ask you where you got it. You will tell them and more and more business will flow there. That's how it works, people. Um, you know, the, the tight end situation, Ben, uh, Vance McDonald is is a tad dinged up. He's kind of in this day-to-day thing. Um, which he practiced today, he, apparently. He, he did. Okay, so we're in, we're, in, we're in some capacity ahead. anyway. Now, they, they just got a picture of him practicing. That doesn't necessarily mean that he right. was a full participant. And unfortunately – Coach Tomlin doesn't have to tell us who practiced fully. Uh, no, he does not during the preseason. He doesn't have to tell us anything, and no. so we don't really know what the deal is. Uh, I think on Monday he said he was day to day and he's fine. <laughs> Just, yeah, he was like he was very terse about it. Yeah, he's day to day. He's fine. And then, yeah, what's next? <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in, in the classic words of Frank Drebin of Police Squad, nothing to see here. Um, Zach Gentry did not play at all on Saturday night, the uh, fifth-round draft pick out of Michigan. Um, so, that left uh, that left Kevin Raider. He didn't practice today, and neither did Vince. And right. So, yeah, you got Raider and uh, Xavier. And who knows what's going on with Christian Scotland-Williamson. Um uh, he yeah, was supposedly injured too, and yeah, yeah. And, and you've got uh, the the big kid from uh, Texas A and M, Wood. Uh, that's yeah. also a long snapper too. But I, uh, based on what I've seen of him, I, I am not, you know, speculating that that he's going to be on this squad. So um, still thin there. Uh, you know, if you've listened to the show regularly, then you know we've talked quite often about the fact that we we would like to see them make some kind of move uh, prior to the start of the season to get, at worst, a, a veteran number two in there. Um, but last week, Ben, we, we kind of have we're resigned to the fact that it's probably not going to happen, is it? I don't think so, but I, I would like to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of these deals where it's like, I'm afraid I'm right. I, I don't want to be. But right. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I am. I'm. I'm ready to be disappointed by this. And uh, yeah, it would. Uh, it would be really nice if they would add some depth there. Um, there are a few teams. Indianapolis jumps right to mind where they have a ridiculous riches, a ridiculous wealth of riches. Um, embarrassingly so at tight end, and they can't keep them all. So. My guess is one of those guys is going to be available in trade. I don't know if Colbert will pull the trigger or not. Um, he's already burned a fair amount of draft capital already this year. I, yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it would be nice to shore up that position as well as safety. But, you know. I... Yeah, that too. And, and you know, that takes me to that next topic is is the fact that, you know, Cam Kelly, the, uh, the, the young man out of San Diego State and played in the AAF, um, you know, I, I he looked pretty decent the first week. Um, and he's a guy that we need to be decent every week. Um, we, we've got to have somebody. The way that Sean Davis throws his body around, um, you know, he's going to get dinged up from time to time, and we've got to have a guy back there that is capable. And if it can't be him, I don't know that there's another guy on this roster that I have any faith in doing that. Um, so it would be really nice if if Cam Kelly could take that spot, right? From Marcus Allen, yeah, and I don't know how Marcus Allen is expected to play at free safety given the fact that he's put on weight and gotten slower, but, uh, you know, apparently that's where they've got him slotted right now. Uh, Yeah, it'd be really nice to see Cam Kelly solidify that spot as a backup free safety. Um, But as well, it'd be nice, honestly, to upgrade Marcus Allen and Jordan Dangerfield. Yeah, you know, yeah. These are guys who keep hanging around because they work hard at their craft, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're marginally talented. And I'm sorry, PSU fans, but Marcus Allen yeah. ain't it. He, <laughs> he can't. No. He, he doesn't have good change of direction speed. That is bottom line. That is the issue. If he's running straight at someone and and laying a hit on him, yeah, he's fantastic. You're right. He's great. Yep. yep. But in coverage, he's a liability. And safeties have to cover. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you saw that in in week one where he was a step slow on uh, a couple of different uh, times. Um, and I, I I have breaking news here, Ben. Breaking news. My understanding is that uh, Vince Williams is dealing with a shoulder, and that Sutton Smith has been dealing with some rib injury. Um, uh, not not sure the extent of that. But uh, he was back on Monday and has practiced each day since. And uh, Williams, still not so much. So there's your breaking news. Did it, did it, did it. There you go, all that stuff. Um, if Smith's going to wear a flak jacket. If he well, absolutely. On Sunday. Um, I, I mean, we, we knew, you know, from OTAs that they, they definitely liked the kid. They got a big kick out of him. And, they, they you know, they played him at H back and, and messed around with him there. And, and, of course, on the edge and everything. But. Um, you know, getting them in some some actual game action is a whole different animal. So, uh, ho- hopefully, and I, yeah, you're right. I would think he's got to be wearing some kind of protection around the ribs. I mean, it uh, those kinds of injuries are are just brutal. Um, so while hey, speak, while we're on the topic yeah. of, uh, of of safeties, let's talk about the corners real quick. Certainly. Who do you expect to play? I mean, Joe Hayden's still out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton didn't have a real strong game last week. Uh, Cam Sutton has had a good camp and has had a, a good preseason thus far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of wondering so, if, if things are going to pivot there and Cam Sutton isn't going to end up taking that nickel spot away from Mike Hilton. Hilton has not looked good um, the the first two weeks and, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that sort of kind of go back to last year where he was kind of struggling a little bit as well? Yeah, in the middle of the season, it was like weeks 9 through 12. 9 through 12, 9 through 11. He was splitting reps with other players. Sutton 
among other th- among others. I, I, and and he yeah. yeah, he was kind of I don't want to say he was in the doghouse, but he was splitting reps and he was he was getting pulled because of ineffective play. And then mm-hmm. this year, you know, he wasn't going to sign his exclusive his exclusive rights tender. Finally right. did, but he wasn't going to. He was hoping to get a, a an enhanced contract. And you know, if the guy doesn't top the depth chart at Nickelback, he's not getting that contract. No, no way. And he's he's. I think we become enamored with him because he's an excellent pass rusher from the slot um and for a period of time he covered pretty well but the the covering part seems to be where he's struggling at least from what i've seen yeah um and i you know now just going back to your original point here uh joe hayden we're told is is the classic day-to-day it's a a foot injury i don't think they're uh, overly worried about it i think they're looking at it as an opportunity to get a veteran some more rest to get some young guys some more play yep. um so i would i would have to think sunday night we'll probably see you know steven nelson on one side and Artie burns on the other side yep. um and and then hilton and sutton uh, uh in the slot but interesting um, though and, and 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 tell me what you think here interesting yeah. though that burns burns played so much last week <laughs> <laughs> At the expense of Justin Lane, has the pecking yeah. order changed? Has Justin Lane been demoted? Uh, I think he probably has. Now, I, I think it was, and I want to give proper credit here. So I, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure it was Chris Adomski that tweeted that that Lane was on all of the different special teams units. However, yeah. um, which which is a good bad. It it kind of means that we're gonna keep you on the roster, but primarily yeah. as a special teams guy, while you work yourself into being an NFL level quarterback. I'd be shocked um, if they cut a third round. Quarter. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't mean in any way, shape, or form to suggest that that they would cut him. Just was only referencing what you said about knockdown in the pecking order. Um and and look I don't think there's any Steelers fan that doesn't root for Artie Burns. Um, if you know his backstory at all, then you're not a human being if you don't root for this kid. Um, But we've seen this before, too. We've seen it before where in the preseason he plays really, really well. Then he gets into the games in the regular season, and it's just like the light bulb goes out, and holy crap. Um, so we're, we're, we're pulling for this kid and, you know, and like you said, you know, we were talking, uh, you know, before we started recording about, you know, what are they going to do with their defensive numbers here? I mean, are they going to keep 10 defensive backs, um, six corners, four safeties? And I have and, to think so. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, the way it's looking. The numbers. Yeah. And, and you need, you need three corners on the field in most formations, you know, so too yeah. deep at all those positions would be six corners. And then two deep at every safety at both safety positions is is four more guys. That's ten. So yeah, you you can go with slimmer numbers than that, you know, for a week or two. But you need to have that depth most of the time on your roster, in my opinion. The, the real question there is linebacker. Yeah, uh, so let's transition over to that because there are there's some young linebackers on this team that are really deserving, um, and and you know deserving is a loose term here, but um, 
you know, the Steelers in the past have kept nine, as many as 10 uh, linebackers. And, and we were trying to do some of the math on that. Um, you know, and, and, and look, you, you've got Watt, you've got Dupree. Those are your starters on the outside. You've got Ola and you've got, you know, Chick and, and both of those guys are dealing with some injuries right now. Um, so, so there's four. Then you, you move to the inside. You're looking at, at Bush, Barron, Vince Williams. That's, that gets you to, to seven right there. You know, right. now, you know, you've got Matikevich, who is a special teams demon. Danny Smith right. loves him. Um, despite his, his deficiencies in past coverage, I think Tomlin and Butler like him when he's in there. Um, you know, so that gets you to eight. And we haven't talked about Ulysses Gilbert yet. We haven't, you know, talked about what Mr. Skipper is doing. He's, he's having a nice camp in preseason. So where, where do you see this falling? Like I, I talked about earlier after camp started, you looked at all the talent in that group. I wonder if this won't be a year. Thomas never kept 10 linebackers, never. Right. But I, I wonder if this won't be the year that he does. Um, Bill Cower used to do that. He, he used to do 10 it. linebackers yeah. and he would turn them into special teams players and tell them that that was how they were going to, you know, they were going to earn their way was yeah. play special teams. And he developed players that way. And the linebackers were always the strength of the team. So that could be a way to go, but it would be a philosophical shift if that happens. And it would and, probably and, come at the expense of a defensive lineman. And that's exactly what I was going to say. So, so that means typically the Steelers would keep 25 on D. So that means you'd have 10 DBs, 10 linebackers, and only five defensive linemen, which of course in today's NFL, you're, you're in specialty packages so often, maybe it doesn't sound so bad, um, but it would be, as you just said, it would be a dramatic shift in what Tomlin has done. I mean, typically they only dress five defensive linemen anyway. Yeah. And in all likelihood, it would mean that they kept an extra defensive lineman on the practice squad. So maybe they, they'd keep two instead of just one, or they keep mm -hmm. three instead mm -hmm. of just two. Um, does he want to have somebody there waiting in the wings, you know, in the event that you need a player, somebody who knows yeah. your system? But yeah, <clears throat> that, that roster spot's got to come from someplace. And I don't see it coming from offense. No, no, I, I, I don't either. Um, I, I wanted to, uh, I'm going to make a major shift in gears here. Uh, ben, there was a play uh, Saturday night um, against Kansas City featuring uh, rookie Deontay Johnson. And, and oh, first of all, he God. made a very, very nice uh, touchdown catch uh, uh, in the game. But this was an offensive pass interference. And um <sighs> I am not a fan of replay as it is, and this is only going to give me a stroke quicker. Uh, describe what you saw and, and what took place. I saw a fantastic adjustment on a ball that was thrown short of the goal line and a receiver baiting the corner into running for the end zone yeah. as though it were a corner pattern. and then coming back to the ball, catching it, and forcing himself, willing himself into the end zone. They call that OPI. I didn't see a push-off. No. Okay? And, you know, maybe the the ref really thought he did, so he threw the flag. But then Tomlin mm -hmm. challenges it. And this is where the outrage comes in. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
you're going to call that offensive pass interference. Yeah. All right, but you're going to review it and you're going to reverse it because it was it was very obvious that whatever Johnson did there did not impact the trajectory of the corner who was running past him into the end zone one little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're you're going to do that because it was obviously a soft little ticky tack penalty. What the NFL said, what they contend is that the camera angle did not show them definitive proof did not give them a, a definitive right. reason to believe that that was not offensive pass interference. So they upheld the penalty. Right. So basically it's you get the call wrong and we're going to review it and we're still going to be wrong. And the whole point of reviewing these calls was to get them right. It was out. Ah, I was apoplectic when I watched it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What the hell? In, in, it's just in preseason. It's just preseason. It doesn't matter. It was still a nice play by a by an upcoming rookie. Yep. And and he looks like he he could be a good one. You know, we'll see. It's mm-hmm. still preseason. Oh, yeah. I don't want I don't want to yeah. read too much into it. We did that last year with James Washington and he didn't do yep. anything last season. Um the, but it, you know, it was yeah, it was bad. But, I'll stop. But, but, <laughs> no, it, it it was and 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 what the the piece that alarms me if if I'm an NFL fan, which we are, um, is is the fact that El Riveron, the NFL offices, said we you know referred to the fact we didn't have a, a, a different angle. Well, isn't the idea of using review that you have multiple angles with which to review the play, thus getting it correct? Um, if you looked at it from behind. As, as the official is seeing it, and he's the only one that could see it from that view because we all saw it from the front, does Deontay Johnson have a hand on the guy's back? It looks like it may be in that position, but there is clearly no push-off. It um, looked to me like he pushed like he pushed him on the hip. And it wasn't yeah, like he, yeah. he didn't push him hard. He just touched him, stopped. Right, right. Yeah, it, I, it was, honestly, what I thought he did was he used – the other player's momentum to stop himself to stop himself to come back to the ball. And I was like, Oh God, that is a great adjustment. That is amazing. Wait, that's all fest and pass interference. Are you kidding me? What? Well, and and I, I hate to mention his name on our show, but it reminded me a little bit of those, those stop routes, those, those routes that Antonio Brown runs where he got, he got so good at putting his hand on the defender's hip, just a little bit of a shove to give himself some room, make the catch, and the defender turns around immediately screaming for the for the pass interference on Brown, and, and rarely was it ever called. It reminded me of that, um, and not even close to as, as obvious. Um, I, I hope, as you said, this is one of those things where they're calling a lot of things in the preseason in an effort to get it out of everybody's system so that they're not doing it in the regular season. But this is one that, man, they – if you're going to review these things and you've got to have better angles uh, with which to review, because the, the kid ran a wonderful route and did everything he, he was supposed to do right and should have had a touchdown for it. And in the end did not. Um, okay. Back to injuries for a minute. There are two that, that worry me big time. One is with Marquise Pouncey. The other is the guy next to him, um, David DeCastro. Now, my understanding is both guys are dealing with kind of back issues and, and you know, this, and I know this back issues are bad news, but I'm, I'm hoping that 
these aren't serious. My bigger issue, Ben, is what happens if these things linger into week one of the regular season? What does that offensive line look like? Well, what I'm told is the Pouncey's really being held out as a precaution. Mm-hmm. It's not that significant. Uh, I'm okay. getting less definitive news on David DeCastro right now. Right, right. So let's just say hypothetically that DeCastro can't start, then then BJ Finney plays. Um, because you have to think at this point, given as poorly as Chukes Okorafor has played in the first two preseason games that he's not going to be the starter at right tackle. They're giving him every opportunity to win that job, but he's Mm -hmm. not seizing it. So it'll be Matt Filer out there on the right tackle, which means Finney plays guard. And I don't, they, they probably dress, they, they dress Chukes and who Fred Johnson. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and he's looked very good. He has. Um, he's, a, he's an absolute mauler uh, at guard. Um, but, you know, let me go to the extreme here. If if both Pouncey and DeCastro are not 100% and can't go, you know, we've always liked Filer better at, at guard than we have center, but he's your backup center primarily, so he plays center. Um, do you kick you Filer down? You mean right, Finney. Finney, I'm sorry. Yeah, Finney, thank you. Uh, yeah, you, if you if you have to do that, then yeah, you you put Finney at center, and yeah. then and then I don't know. Looking back at at their history, no, they probably do not move Filer down to guard. They start someone else in there at guard, and you have to. You know, again, be, be, in my mind right now, that that guy probably is. Your fourth guard is Fred Johnson, yeah. if there's a fourth right. guard. And, and this Derwin Gray looks like he could be great. I just don't see where there's room for him on this roster. He, it just looks to me like, like he could develop yeah. into a good player. He's got more versatility than Fred Johnson does. Um, yeah, I suppose we, he does. He's a little more agile, but yeah. he's not quite the, the road grading. No, no. Right guard um, that <laughs> Like no, no, Johnson. If you guys haven't seen Fred Johnson, he is a, a about six seven, uh, which is immense for an offensive guard in the NFL. They're they're big, but they're not usually that big. Um, yeah, I, I just want to avoid having. I mean, if Filer is on is at right tackle, and and we do have to go with a a Fred Johnson, you know, okay, so be it. I just based on what I've seen of Chuke so far, I have no confidence. Uh, on opening day with with him at right right tackle, which is um, weird. That is not not yeah. at all what I expected. I really thought that I. Chukes, yeah. I really thought that Chukes and Filer were going to be neck and neck the whole way through the preseason, and we were going to go. Well, what are they going to do? They got a more athletic yep. tackle in Chukes, and they've got yep. a, a more physical tackle in Filer. What direction will they go? Huh. Well, they, yeah. they kind of want I, Chukes I, to be a left tackle eventually. Maybe they'll play him to get more experience. None of that has transpired. None of it. No. And it's it's been a little bizarre because Chukes has been so bad when when he played in spot situations before during the regular season, he actually looked yeah. pretty good. He was he was fine last year. He had one start, um, and then he had a couple other games. But uh, you know, I I I think we can safely say Gerald Hawkins is no longer part of the equation. Yeah, I think so. Which sucks. Yeah. 
I, very much so. Um, had high hopes for him. Me too. Uh, just in, injuries kind of derailing him and, and so on and so forth. But uh, as we wind things down here uh, on the show, uh, the Steelers, of course, will play their first road game. And, and road games are always important in the preseason. You you know, uh, veterans, not a big deal. You know how to travel. You know how to do things. But but for the young guys, it is a learning experience on, on how the team does this. But um, what, what do you expect to see uh, in, in Tennessee coming up on Sunday night, Ben? I would expect to see most of the starters play yeah. for, uh, I don't know, a half. Um, it doesn't sound like Vince Williams is going to play. Right. Uh, it doesn't sound like Chicolo is going to play. Uh, we know Ola's not playing. So that gives a lot of the young linebackers an opportunity to come in and prove themselves versus good competition, solid competition. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to get some playing time, you know, earlier in that game than they would have if if the situation were normal. Um, that's kind of you know, it's something to look forward to from my standpoint. Um, oh, definitely. The offensive line obviously is a little unsettled. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all if Pouncey plays though, um, and I expect the majority of the starters on offense to play. Um, ben to play, you know, I right. I wouldn't expect them to come out firing on all cylinders, but you'd like to see them just put together some crisp execution mm-hmm. and, you know, come out of there with their heads up, held up, you know, but also looking at things and going, okay, here's where we can improve this and here's where we can sharpen up on this. And, you know, not a perfect performance, just, just respectable. So yeah, like definitely. And, and, you know, they, they've, they've gotten the two wins and the winning and losing is not what the preseason is about, as we've said a million times. And um, obviously health is a big deal. We'd like to see as much uh, health come out of this game as possible. And um, yeah, I, I'm a little intrigued to to see some of the starters in there. I'm also intrigued to kind of see where they go uh, in terms of who's chosen to to replace Ben Roethlisberger and how much he plays versus the other guys. And um you know, and then we get ready for for week four, which is is basically just guys literally running their butts off to to to, to save jobs, and uh, right. um, that's that's what that fourth week is all about. So, um, Ben, any parting shots here before I wrap things up? Yeah, one one quick thing. Um, Fire away. Ed Bouchette reported this week that how much time do I have? Okay, um, yeah. reported this week that there would not be any contract extensions for Sean Davis, Bud Dupree, or one Javon Hargrave before the season starts. Um, I just kind of wanted to to go through that for the listeners real quickly. Yep. Um, I don't like it either. Okay, I'll just start with that. But I do understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really, really don't like it. I got a lot of crap yesterday for not acknowledging the realities of the situation on Twitter. Whatever. Pound sand, lick ass. I really don't care. I don't like it. I don't have to like it. You know, um, by rule, the Jesse James catch was not a catch. Um, they changed it because it's a stupid fucking rule. They should change this too, but they're not going to. So I digress. Um, yes. The long and the short of it is they can only develop, they can only devote so much money to the defensive line. Okay. You're talking about a unit that for the most part, fields two players in most alignments two players total so they cannot devote 
40, $50 million to the defensive line. They just can't do it. That's not in the budget. They've already got $10 million a year going to Cam and $12 million a year going to Stefan Tuitt. Mm-hmm. Cam is going into the last year of his deal next season. He's going to be due for a raise. The going rate for elite defensive tackles is going to be $16, $17 million a year. That's where Cam is going to be paid next season. So now yeah. you got 17 in Cam, you got 12 in Tuit. That's 29 already. If you pay Javon Hargrave another $10, $11, 12000000 million, and that's probably what it would take to get him to sign an extension. Now yep. you're at $40 million for three players, one of which really is a part-time player. So really the answer here is do they change the scheme and play Hargrave more, or do they let him leave because they can't afford to pay him? And I'm afraid it's going to be the latter, which sucks, but it is what it is. And, yeah, and just to add to your point, you know, he played 44% of the snaps uh, last year on defense, which you and I uh, think is ridiculously low um, for his talent and abilities. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's looking more and more like that's going to be the case. You know, Bud Dupree, as we've said all along, if he has a great year, he's going to go elsewhere um, and, and get big money. And uh, if he has a poor year, then he just leaves anyway and no harm done. Um, Sean Davis, a eh, little bit interesting. Obviously, they feel like he just hasn't lived up to what maybe they hoped he would. So, um, And obviously, they're trying to get Joe Hayden done um, here here pretty soon, too, because they don't, they don't do deals during the season. Once the season starts, that's it. But uh, all right, we are uh, up against it. And uh, once again, thanks for listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>